Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King, and you're listening to the photography podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own. I know that all of you have full-time jobs, full-time families, but you bought that camera for a reason. So pack your gear, grab your camera, get out there, get a flat tire. It's time for a Photog Adventure of your own. It's episode 174, and for this week's episode... I am going to do something that about 50 of you are not going to appreciate. I'm sorry. Those 50 of you are fantastic, awesome fans that have hung out with me for all the Milky Way Wednesdays. And so, yeah, this is going to be some repeat information. But maybe, maybe just maybe you appreciate having it in this format because then you can listen to it again and catch some gems that you didn't quite get last time. Now, a lot of these gems are very newbie answers. I mean, we're talking a Q&A with Clarence Spencer from spencerscamera.com, and he gives us the facts about having an astro-modified camera and some of the things that you can worry about, change about, or realize that maybe you don't need to change for. Because if you're thinking, ah, man, Aaron, that Winter Milky Way episode got me excited about going and doing it, and I completely agree Getting an actual astromotic camera will be the best way to appreciate it. Yeah, I can see the Winter Milky Way pano working out, but without that astromod showing all the gorgeous nebulas, it's really going to be missing something. And instead of having a lacking image, a lot of you are thinking like me, it's time to bite the bullet. I'm going to take my Canon 6D or something I buy new, and I'm going to modify it for Astro. And Spencerscameras.com, I'll say them again because I love Clarence and I want to support his business. And if you guys can support his business, I would appreciate it, extremely appreciate it. But like, you go to Spencerscameras.com and finally get that Astro mod done. And this is the winter to do it. Why? Uh, just because we're going to do it this year. <laughs> There's no like urgency, like next winter it won't be good, but this winter will be great. No, no, it's just now we're finally going to do it. We're going to join the crowd that already knew that the Winter Milky Way was great. So you might be thinking, ah, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. But there's some learning curve, I bet. Everything has come with the learning curve. So what are some of the things I should know before I do it? Well, I shouldn't say it like that because I'm making it sound like before you get the AstroMod. No, no, no. Here are some of the things that you should know on how to use your AstroModified camera. Here's some tips on what to expect. Like, oh, now I got to worry about different shutter. No, you don't. Do I have to worry about ISO? Maybe. Do I have to worry about how I handle my exposure differently? Maybe I'll let you find out from Clarence. And so we have some Q&A from the audience as well as from me tackling some of these basic, basic questions of getting in to what it's like using an Astro Modified camera. Now, I'm going to leave something in this episode that I probably shouldn't because it's more visual than audio, but I believe the key points of it are explained enough, but... There's 2,000 of you plus that listen to this podcast, and only about 50 people were there live with me on um, Wednesday. Let's see. Actually, I'm going to pull up my YouTube channel right now, and let's look at the stats. How many have seen the replay? I mean, 365 views are all I have on this episode, and many of those are repeat views. Like, oh, what did Clarence say about that? Oh, 45 minutes in. Let me fast forward. Okay, that's what Clarence said. Okay, cool, 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 cool. 
So a lot of those are repeat views from those same 50 people who love watching this stuff and hang out with me live. And those of you who are in different time zones who couldn't watch me live, like Andrea Boyle, she comments on YouTube, one of the best Milky Way Wednesdays I've seen, exclamation mark. I've had some good ones. I wonder if she loved those too. She goes, I'm sorry I missed it live, but I caught the replay. Now I'm excited to get out there again. <laughs> so she loved it and she didn't catch it live. So there's many more than those 57 plus that were there during the live stream that have watched this. So it's not just them repeat viewing, but that's still nothing like the podcast. You're, this audience here on the podcast, and when we have 2,000 plus to more, that hang out here and listen in. So I want to bring this information to you as well, since many of you don't subscribe to my YouTube channel and have no idea that this information is out there. So forgive me those of you 365 who've already heard this information, and forgive me for those of you who are thinking, you know, I don't care about Astro Mods. Come back next week because I'm bringing in a crowd to help me talk about my Faroe Islands adventure chasing puffins. Enjoy this replay from the Milky Way Wednesday that happened live. And for I was, I think I may have followed a squirrel there for a sec. Um, there's that part that's more visual because it's on the YouTube channel. It's a part where he's editing an astro-modified image. But if you just go to my Aaron King YouTube channel, you'll see that the video live astrophotography modified camera Q&A with Clarence Spencer. And so that is the video that you need to pull up. I'll have a link in the description here for the podcast. Enjoy this content. Learn about astro-modification and have fun. Enjoy Clarence Spencer. I'll be right back after the episode. I noticed one of the first questions that popped up uh, in the chat was regarding color. Um, uh, yeah. And with an Astro modified camera, that's something that's kind of critical uh, to make life easier on you. Uh, one of the most important things I have found, um, especially with full spectrum, is to shoot a custom white balance or capture a custom white balance using the in-camera functions to do that. You can manually set a Kelvin, but that won't quite get you there. Um, and every camera has a way to do that. Um, I'm mostly a Canon shooter, but, uh, you know, for our, when we're doing modifications, I've learned every camera very well and they all do a great job doing that. Once you do a custom white balance, then that solves 90% of your color problems. Okay. When you're dealing with that color issue, is it something that if you didn't change your white balance, would there be any real extra challenge with that? Or is it just a personal preference thing? Oh, it's a little harder to get your color temperature and tint perfect. You mm. can manually do that. And I and I have customers tell me, well, I'm shooting in raw, so it doesn't matter what my color balance is. Well, it doesn't, you know, technically, but it sure solves a lot of headache if you do a custom white balance. When the camera sets a custom white balance internally using its built-in functions, it corrects more than just color temperature. It also is tweaking that tint. And so it will really refine it really nicely. And it gets you to a really good basis point when you're starting to edit your files. And I've, when we get into editing a few of these, I'll show you what I mean by that. Okay, awesome. So with that question that you started addressing, Vid Shanks was saying that he uses the VA plus HA. So I guess VA is what? Well, it's the visible plus H alpha filter ah. he's shooting on his full spectrum. So it's basically allowing the camera to capture normal visible light like a normal camera, but a little more sensitive to capture that HA or hydrogen alpha. 
Okay, cool. So then on that same question, I w- it was asked that, can you tell us, uh, make sure you guys use all caps. It helps me find them fast when I'm going back and forth. What do you, Tim Farmer asks, what do you set your custom white balance to? Because that's my big issue, he says. <clears throat> so and like I said, it's better if you can get the camera to do it automatically by forcing it to use its own internal custom white balance. So in Nikon, it's called a preset white balance. In Canons, it's custom white balance. I think uh, Sony, it's custom white balance. But um, so in a Canon, I'll I'll tell you kind of how you do that. Um, You will just turn the camera on fully auto. And then with whatever filtering you're going to use, if any, you will capture an image of a gray card out in the fully lit sun or just green grass out in the full, full lit sun. Um, the camera will use that to calibrate the colors and that will give you a very good natural looking image pretty much straight out of the camera. Like anything, you will still want to, if you know, most people to tweak and correct those color temperatures to your liking. Gotcha. Okay. So everyone, let me know if that was sufficient walkthrough as you were requesting about three people requested the same thing, Clarence, of like walking through that process. I believe you covered it, but honestly, with your cameras, if you had any further questions, hit me with all caps. So there's another question about it. Also, I'm going to comment because Kathy, that Italian beef sounds really delicious right now. I wish I had that. That's awesome. So let's go balance sound. Perfect. That's what I was going to ask you guys too. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So SM Wilk says, Spencer's Astro modified my five. 5D Mark III a few months ago, uh, encyclopedic website, knowledgeable staff, prompt service. They were amazing. Thank you, Spencer's camera. So that's a awesome. big thanks from SM Wilk. So fantastic props there. Awesome. Give it to you. Yeah, you bet. Um, right here is a new question. So the gray card, save it. Perfect. Okay, good. Is that custom white balance good for day and night? Ron asks. So usually um, during the day, you're going to use a different filter. If your, if your camera has been modified internally with the visible plus H alpha filter, then you can probably get away with the same white balance for day or night. Um, most likely that will work fine. It still won't be perfect because the camera is still letting in all that H alpha. And the best way to get a normalized image straight out of the camera is by using a UVIR blocking filter or what's commonly called a hot mirror filter. Okay. Um, they're best if they're may, if they're used on the front of the lens. If they're the little clip-ins, they can tend to cause focus problems on the outer edges of your image or discoloration on the outer edge. But the ones on the front of the lens work perfectly. Okay, awesome. Here's a new question. Um, the question is, has Clarence ever done a white balance setup on YouTube or made any video for them to check and see how that's done? And specifically, possibly for each camera, you know, Sony, that's, Canon. Yeah. yeah, that's something we're planning to do. I know Matt Diederich, who is one of our ambassadors, uh, he did a great video on custom white balance. I think it was specific to Nikons. Okay. And so if you look up his YouTube channel, there's a great white balance uh video. I've referred that or emailed it to a lot of people and it's been helpful, but that's in the works. Um, the, the studio that we have here, that's a lot of the things we're going to be doing is a lot of the custom white balance things and all right. About 50 other topics we'll be covering. Okay, sweet. Fantastic. In that same vein, Clarence, when you're thinking about having an opportunity to change your white balance for a specific setting to work with, they have to white balance and color correct, blah, blah, blah. But have you ever found yourself changing it multiple times or do you stick with one like I was talking about and then just stay consistent? How does that work for you with the Astro Mod? 
So what I usually do is, again, I'm, I'm more of a Canon shooter, but every Canon or camera has its own uh, capabilities of doing this differently. So Canon, um, you can go out and shoot your gray card image and save that image on the memory card. And then I write protect that so it can't mm. be deleted. Then I can reference to that. So every time I get a new memory card, I'll put that in the camera. I'll set down and shoot the gray card images with different filters. And I did notice a question earlier that this references, uh, if you're going to shoot infrared photography with it, then put that infrared uh, filter on your camera and capture a different white balance for that. But I'll store up to a dozen or more white balance gray card images on the memory card that I can then refer to easily. Now, one other thing that I, you know, everyone loves their camera. They, they shoot Nikon for <laughs> right. one reason or Sony's. Everybody has their favorites. Well, one reason or one thing I love about shooting my Canon gear that I've really fallen in love with is the white balance bracketing function that's built into their newer cameras. So I think starting around the 5D Mark III generation up till now, you can go in, capture one image, and the camera will record up to seven different white balance oh, cool. uh, files. So, for instance, I shoot the Canon R6 and R5. Well, the R5 is a 45 megapixel camera, and I shoot RAW and JPEG for another dumb reason I'll explain later. <laughs> but okay. the, um, it'll store 14 files for one exposure, but seven of them are all different white balances that I can then pull up on my computer, scroll through, find the one that pleases me the best, and then I use those to, pro to post-process, and I'll just delete the rest. Gotcha. Um, and I'll show you that too later when we when we get into the editing. Okay, cool. So there's a few more questions that are coming our way about that color balance <clears throat> and dealing with that. But just I'll say this one only. Are you setting up a Clarence Spencer or Spencer's Camera YouTube channel where you'll have some of this information there or will it be on their website only? It'll be both. There is a YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Spencer's Camera. Oh, cool. Uh, there's a few brief editing tips and things like that on there now that we've kind of used to help us get it up and running. But uh, there will be a lot more to come there uh, on YouTube, and they'll be on the website as well. All right, cool, everybody. I'm going to cover up Clarence's face for a sec, or I'll cover his, his telescope. You can see it right there, Spencer's <laughs> camera and photo. And they go right in. I'm going to click subscribe. Everyone say thanks to Clarence today and hit subscribe, but you'll also be able to be notified. Hit the bell. You know, everyone hit the bell, and then you'll be notified when he has a new video in there, especially those ones that you're all looking for with the color balance. And join us on there as a subscriber to Spencer's camera's YouTube channel. Awesome. So here we go. Let me go ahead. Oh, Ron. S has a good question before we transition to any of the edit, but I did have a comment from Frank. He says, Hey, Aaron King, Spencer's is doing my Z6 for an Astromod right now. So that's fantastic. I don't know if you recall working on a Z6 today, but Frank is getting one from you, Frank Pally. And also Alan Houdina says, I agree. Great service from Spencer's. So I want to get as many mad props as we can on this tonight, everybody. If you've had personal experience with Clarence and their team working on your camera, Camera, let us know so that we can get people who watch this replay in the future to be like, you know what? I am going to go to Clarence Spencer and go to spencerscamera.com and actually get my own astro-modified camera. So question from Ron S. He goes, does it matter if the camera white balance uses RAW or JPEG version of the image? Uh, it doesn't. When, when you open the RAW file in, say, Camera Raw or Lightroom, 
you must tell it to use the as shot color temperature and it should import that pretty well. Sometimes it might be a little different from what you saw on your LCD screen, but it still gets you to that really good basis point to start your editing from there. Gotcha. Sweet. Mary Beth says he's the bestest. So you have a sweet, <laughs> sweet comment coming from Mary Beth. And everyone, she's the bestest too, because if you go and look at her Instagram, you'll see some examples of a winter Milky Way panorama over all of Factory Butte. And that's where my eyes were like, oh, I have seen the glory and I need to join her. And I haven't yet. And Vanessa Franking says he modified one for me fast and excellent. So that's terrific, Vanessa. Another good bad props and awesome. comment for Spencer's camera. So I'm going to hit you up with a few of the basics right now. We'll be let some other questions come in before we go into the edit. Now, this is stuff that is obvious, but I just want to check it off the list. Spencer, uh, Clarence, I got a new camera from you. I go out and I go to use it. The first thing I do is throw in my IRIX lens. Are all of your Astro modified modifications with the drop-in filters or is that just some of them? Some, the, the ones we do with the filter uh, drop-in are the Canon R-series or mirrorless series cameras. It has the the um, the little drop-in filter with the adapter. This is for the R-series cameras to use the EF mount lenses. Ah. So you can put any filter. There's about, I think, 18 different filters for different uses. Uh, deep sky shooters, all that stuff. We have all those filters. And all your lenses, as long as they're EF with this, will work perfectly fine. Um, RF lenses for Canons are, uh, will all work perfectly fine. Some have a little bit of an issue, but if you're interested in an R modification, reach out to us and we'll talk to you about those. All other cameras that's all um, calibrated perfectly, they'll all work really well no matter what lens you put on it. Okay, sweet. So then when you're thinking about, I want to do wide field Milky Way panorama, <clears throat> is there any different process for when I want to attach it to my telescope mount like you have behind you and use it for that purpose? Oh, it works perfectly fine. Okay. That's, that's the most challenging and most difficult part of modifying these cameras is perfecting that focus. Uh, if the focus is off a little, you'll get soft corners or, um, you know, bad distortions uh, or your ultra wide angle lenses may not work well or they'll work and not your telephoto lens. So that's the very, that's the most difficult part of these modifications. Gotcha. Okay. So then when I'm thinking about a brand newbie coming into this and they go for their normal setting, they're thinking, oh boy, um, the histogram. Do I need to worry about a separate exposure histogram when dealing with an astro modification? Not really. No. I mean, you still want to look at the histogram and watch it. You'll find that with your astro modified cameras, You'll, you'll be able to cut back on your exposure time a little or reduce your ISO a little bit because it is more sensitive to light. So that's one of the added benefits is, of course, the longer the exposure or the higher the ISO, you get more noise and other problems. So that's one of those benefits is it helps with those, those issues. You know, it's funny because Bob just said the same thing. He's like, Spencer's did my 6D last year and it's a much better performer. So he's already seen the better performance thanks to that. And I personally can vouch that, was it an R6 I borrowed from you or an R5? It was an R6, right? I think it was an R6, yeah. So when I'm out there with the R6 and I'm looking at it with my Canon, the one that you guys are looking at me from right here, I constantly battle with people's stupid camera bodies that they bring me on workshops. And they're like, I can't see the stars. Aaron it's just all black and I'm like why the heck aren't you seeing stars I'm like okay so we're like push this button try this let's turn this and then okay it's like hmm and then they start massaging the camera body and hoping you can coerce it to show some stars 
I have my 5D Mark IV and I'm like, you should be seeing this. It's like, this is what you should be seeing. How come we can't get that to work on your camera? And it's my biggest frustration when I can't get the camera to see stars so that they can then get focus. I put on that Astro Modified camera on my tripod and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't even appreciate the 5D Mark IV anymore with how much freaking data that I had now just on the back of the screen. One, I could see the stars focus brilliantly. Two, I know it's also the R6 mirrorless plus the Astro modification, but two, I had like the bright monitoring jealousy finally placated, finally like satiated because I was so jealous of you Sony users with that awesome, awesome bright monitoring. And then now this Canon R6 with the Astro modification, I could see the foreground and the sky and I lined up my shot so easy because of that. So I've loved the extra performance there. So then another newbie question, your, your histogram doesn't have to change much. You don't have to worry about much there. Um, when you're talking about an astro modification and you've got a shutter length to choose from, do you find yourself ever pushing beyond star trailing a little bit just to get that color showing up even more? Or is it unnecessary because it comes through so freaking thick? Well, there's two things that you gain with an astro modified camera. You gain more color, but you also gain more base luminance value oh, okay and the deep sky shooters really appreciate that probably more so than the milky way shooters luminance you'll, you'll see deep sky shooters adding layers of luminance that they capture with either hydrogen alpha or other filters to bring out that contrast well it's already kind of built into the astro modified camera so one of these pictures i'll show you that we're going to briefly edit um, you'll see there's just a lot of luminance mm. making mm. This, the, the Milky Way really glow. Um, and then you could still add more luminance if you want. It's, it just increases the versatility. And really, overall, it just increases the contrast and detail. Ah, you're talking my language. When <clears throat> they think about using the Astro modded camera, then do they need to ever, let's just say it this way, two different questions. First question, when you have an Astro modified camera, how much how do I phrase this without me and the answer? How much do you consider tracking necessary versus single image? How much performance can you get with a single image Astro modified image? So you gain some by doing just single, you know, non-tracked images. Okay. Tracked images are always better. No matter what camera you're shooting, they will always be better. Amen. Um, the the um, examples that I'll show you to edit are non-tracked images. Um, they were areas where we had hiked in a little ways, yes. and so I didn't bring a tracker. So they'll give you a basis of a very simple, um, you know, capture, uh, usually about 10 exposures, and I'll show you what that brings out. But the, the you know, there's always a benefit to tracking. You'll never get away from that. Um, with today's technology, at least, I don't think you'll ever get away from that. Okay. I mean, that's fantastic because there's some of you out there that don't have a tracker yet or don't <clears> want to get into that. And you're like, okay, do I have the learning curve of the tracker and the learning curve of the Astro Modified processing or do I just tackle one or the other? And it sounds like you can still get a fantastic outcome without the tracker as an added difficulty. Okay, fantastic. So then the other question, the other part of that question was, have you ever benefited stacking the same kind of is stacking the same kind of benefit it would be for a non astro modified camera or is there different results with stacking with a tra with an astro modified camera no oh, the same same benefits it's just you're you're starting out with an overall better image and then you're increasing the benefits of tracking 
just like a normal an unmodified camera, but you're starting at a, at a higher quality point and then you're adding to that with tracking. Okay, awesome. So a couple gear comments here, plus also another props to the team at Clarence Spencer's, spencerscamera.com. Dan Gallander says, Clarence Spencer and his team also modified a camera for me, a Sony a7 III, and I'm assuming it went really well. And so fantastic news that he got one. Um, Mary Beth is like, Orion is calling. I agree, Mary Beth. I'm thinking about our, our, our January... Orion, where we waited for it to go up as high as we possibly could, but it went so high above Delicate Arch. I'm like thinking, oh man, I missed already the chance, or have I, to see Orion over there later in the night and get the good position for Delicate Arch. Oh, there's so many opportunities here. So gear question. Frank Pale says, hey, you know what? I did not send my camera lens in dispensers to be calibrated. Should I have actually sent it in? No. No, that's kind of a misnomer out there. Uh, some people will say, oh, bring it, send a, a, a lens in. Well, then what happens is they may tweak that lens to make it work wor- right with the camera. Mm. Then it won't work well on other cameras. So what we do is we use the same equipment and technology and software as the manufacturers. And we do a base uh, solid, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Ba- basically a universal calibration, just uh-huh. like a new camera is. That way, any any lens you put on it should work perfectly fine. Okay, fantastic. Bob Borkowski says, I'll be upgrading my Canon R to a Canon R6. Is the Canon R6 a good upgrade? I'm assuming that's what you meant, Bob. You missed the other six in there. So would you compare the Canon R to Canon R6? My opinion, the R6 is a lot better camera. The R is phenomenal, um, but the R6 is very noticeably better than the R. Okay, fantastic. Tim Farmer agrees. He loves his R mod. The R6 might be a better option, but better ISO performance maybe. And there's a question in here. Okay, Tim Farmer, for a deep field, when you're using your telescopes, is there a same filter as the wide field? Do you handle it completely differently? Uh, it depends. You know, light pollution is the concern with deep sky imaging. I mean, it is with Milky Way, but it's more so with deep sky imaging because you're you're forced to take much longer exposures, you know, on a guided uh, mount or something. Um, so there are some really great options for light pollution or light li- uh, light pollution limiting filters uh, that work really well. The drop-ins for Canons work really nice, uh, but most telescopes have the capability of screwing in two-inch filters, and you can purchase pretty much anything out there that will work well. I'm a big fan of the Antlia brand um, filters. Optolong makes some good filters, but Antlia is a new company. They've been out for about a year, I think, with their, uh, they make, it's telescope specific, so they're two-inch filters, and they perform far outperform the, uh, the uh, Optolong filters, in my opinion. Okay, right on. Mary Beth, you come to Salt Lake City. I can't wait to see you. So let me just go ahead and indulge a question with a very not a full answer. Basically, he was asking a very specifically, um, let me say, who is he? He was Rakesh. Rakesh was saying, hey, I might have missed it. How much does it cost to actually modify, say, a Nikon Z7 II? So here at Spencer's Camera's website, um, Clarence, where would we take everyone to find out that answer for their individual gear? So on the on the top left, the little hamburger drop down, you, you click on that or hover over that. Cool. Um, and it'll it'll go to shopping. And then you would click on camera modifications or camera conversions. Um, then basically a full frame Nikon starts at $350, same with Canon's. Crop sensors, the filter material we use is a little cheaper. So it starts at 300 and goes up from there. 
Okay. All right. So if you needed to consider it as someone who has a camera and you're thinking, does it work? You have a nice list here with about 12 different cameras that you're saying can work Panasonic, Pentax, Sony, Olympus. We all know that not every camera can work. What is the process where they get informed that their camera doesn't work for the same process that they want? So on the website, just underneath the Astro Modifications tab, there is a recommended camera list. Uh, we're probably two months out of date on that. We haven't listed one or two cameras that are new, but it'll show you what's highly recommended, what are just kind of recommended cameras, and then some that we tell you to stay away from. Okay. Um, I think I'm not finding it yet, the recommended ones. Yeah, go to, so if you click on that hamburger, yeah, the little three lines, then underneath that, it'll show shopping. Shopping, and I go into shopping, and there's some underneath that. Ah, I didn't open yeah. up that more. There That's where it was. And yep. then I will see the Astro Camera Kits, Astro Cameras. And those ones in this list are the recommended ones just by default to be in here? or No, on the top menu, there's Astro Conversions. Oh, Astro Conversions. Yeah, click Astro Conversions, and that will show you recommended camera, Astro Cameras. I see. So make sure if you're on a small window like I am, like on an iPad or a phone, that you make sure you use the plus signs in the menu system over here because that right, opened up right. a lot more options right here and recommended Astro cameras. In fact, I am just going to link the chat right now with that information so that everyone has it. Okay, cool. So we've indulged that. If anyone needs to check on their own camera, just go ahead and go to the website and get the process started with them. So now the last question I will take on before we go into the edit is going to be, um, you missed my question way up above Grant's. Okay, I want to make sure I catch Grant's question. Grant, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I've almost got Grant's from maybe the very beginning of it. Uh, Clarence is really loud. I must have missed it. Hail Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to find it while I'm getting him going on the edit, Grant, just because I have missed it. I'm going to go back and find it. If you want to copy and paste it again, Grant, hook me up with it. But the question I'll ask here comes from comes from Jim Foti, and he, or John. <laughs> I do that every week. John, will you compare an IR590NM image of the Milky Way with an astro-modified image? Are you familiar enough with an IR590NM image? Yeah, I, uh, in fact, I've shot um, early on, it's mm. been a couple of years, I did a lot of infrared only, or with the 590, the 665, all those others of the Milky Way. Um, again, you can use some of that for, most people do, for your luminance layers to put in the background of it to pump up the contrast. Um, but, you know, when we get into the editing, you'll see some examples of the, the different mods that we provide. Okay, awesome. What are we seeing here at this picture and this place? So th this is that winter Milky Way shot that I talked about. I shot up the um, city of rocks in Idaho. Uh, it's, it's a pretty large panel. The road in the foreground is really a straight road. Um, so it's over 180 degrees. Shot this with the modified Canon 6D Mark II. Uh, it's been probably four years ago that I shot this. And... Um, you can see there's a, a fair amount of detail out of there. Things are better now with the with the mods that we perform. But this is a good representation of what can be done with this is with the visible plus H alpha modification. Um, but you know, there's a lot of detail in Andromeda there, just over that peak to the right. 
But that's one good example of uh, a wintertime Milky Way shot with a modified camera. Man, that looks fantastic. I mean, it's so exciting to see all that detail popping off the screen. Even without the big dust lanes and interest of the Milky Way band, we still have a lot to play with. That looks awesome. Yeah. And, and it, before I get too far, Mary Beth is one of the masters of this. So you would look at her images on Instagram or Facebook, and those are all great examples of modified camera work, especially in the in the winter Milky Way style and, and Orion. Oh, um, yeah. Of uh, Tim Farmer's like, I want my shoots to look like that. And so he's excited about having that. And apologies to everyone because I ended up going to a scene where you couldn't hear Clarence. And then I asked him a question. And so you never heard the answer. But the answer was roughly that with the red cat, there was no issues whatsoever working with it. And he uses it himself. So nothing to worry about. All right, go ahead, Clarence. Okay, so um, a couple of, well, one, one other, well, let me show you these examples. Um, this this example on the left, um, let me expand this a little bit, is an unmodified camera. Uh, it's a Canon R6, or RA. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. Let me get the right one up here. I'm ahead of myself. So this is, I've got the same image up, it looks like. So let me find the right image. Well, we'll skip that. This, this is a Canon RA, uh, which is an astro-specific camera. Uh, it should perform really well for ast for astrophotography work, and it does right. a good job. But you can see, um, you know, this is Orion, of course, Betelgeuse here, Rosette, Nebula here. There's a little hint of uh, Barnard's Loop and uh, other objects. You can barely see the witch head down here in this corner. Uh, these were, I think, five stacked images, very nothing too intense, just five one-minute-long exposures. Uh, on a regular star tracker. Um, as, a, as a comparison though, this is the modified camera. And so I'll, let me move these over here so you can see them both. Um, this is a, a Canon R6, uh, visible plus H alpha modified, the same exposure lengths um, <laughs> and, and stacked. You can see there's a lot more of that red nebulosity wow. coming through. Um, and the reason is, we had filters designed, um, custom designed, uh, because we found that the Canon RA and like the D810A Nikon were not quite what they should be, in my opinion. They weren't quite sensitive enough in the H-alpha region, but ours also will um, encompass and include the oxygen regions of, of the sky. And then there's a steep cutoff, which then eliminates uh, the near infrared part of the spectrum for um, most Milky Way shooters uh, and including, you know, Orion, things like that. They like that because right out of the camera, you can see the colors are pretty natural. Um, you don't get that purple or magenta cast over everything. That's where you, you get that when you're introducing the near infrared light, which would be from a full spectrum camera. Now, a full spectrum camera, you can put a visible plus H alpha filter on the front of your lens and get this result. But this is the most popular filter option that we provide just because it performs really well and it's very user-friendly. Okay, so real quick before you change that picture, the yeah. most popular one is visible plus H-alpha and the benefit of visible plus H-alpha versus full spectrum is again, just in short. So the benefit is it's extremely user-friendly because everything comes right out of the camera, very natural instead of 
overwashed with a lot of magentas or other colors. So the contrast remains very nice, like you can see here, and the colors look very natural without you know heavy-handed um, post-processing to correct things. Oh man, yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, Chris Whiting asks, um, what are what what is needed to use that Visible Plus H Alpha for everyday daylight photos? So the, the UVIR blocking filters that we sell, those go on the front of your lens. Those will negate the modification or cut back the sensitivity so that it is only sensitive to normal visible light like a normal camera. Um, there are some companies out there that sell the little clip-ins that go on the camera right by the sensor. They're very convenient. But with anything over or wider than about 28 millimeters, you'll find you'll get soft corners or distortion or bad colors on the corners. So the on-lens filters are far better uh, for performance with that. It, there's no problems at all. But the downside is, of course, if you're shooting a big 14 millimeter ultra wide, then you've got to buy the 150 millimeter filters to put on there um, to get the, the right um, performance. Gotcha. Okay. Right on. Uh, we have a couple good comments. Like for instance, Dan Gallander comes in and says, I must have deleted the end of my comment earlier. He says it should have ended with, and I couldn't be happier. So another mad props going out to Spencer's camera. I love it. Um, also, Hugh Brooks asks on that image that you showed us before, what focal length were you using? It seemed like that was kind of a wide, wide angle to see the whole Milky Way band. Do you recall at all? Yeah, so this this shot that's back up here, I'm assuming, is the one he's yes. talking about. Yeah, this was actually captured with the Irix 15 millimeter. Mm. Um, so it's a, a really wide lens, an f 2.4. Um, but I overlapped each exposure. I didn't shoot, you know, ten shots and then move ten. I only shot one exposure, moved at about 50 percent. Another exposure, 50 percent. So they were about half overlap, about 20 images across and then two layers up and down. Um, there was a little cropping, of course. I went way farther than I needed to and some distortion with that wide of a panel. But. Right, yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into some of the edit. Brendan Larson jumped on with us. He says, greetings from New Zealand. He's just bragging. He's just bragging because right now he has a panorama Milky Way. You lucky dog. He says, I just realized you're on now and I missed the start. I love this topic. I have a Spencer's modded camera, visible plus H alpha, and a second one that is on its way, full spectrum. So that is really really comforting to see that someone's used your service loved it so much and is back for more that's awesome. that's as much of props as you can get sweet so take us through some of these steps before we kill the uh, hour because man it's already 43 after the clock yeah we got we got 15 minutes so i'll try to be quick here so first of all i mentioned earlier how uh with the camera i shoot i do a white balance bracket so this is an example of that i have my window set up specifically so it shows seven thumbnails across because this is the first exposure or the, the, the an initial exposure and then it created six other white balance files from the same exposure. Then this would be exposure two, three. And so what I can do is I can click through these um, to see which one I prefer the color of and then choose the middle, you know, the one that meets my light. You can see it's getting warmer and warmer and then it jumps back to the other exposure. So that was what I was talking about is you get different color temperatures by doing that. Um, other cameras have similar, not the same kind of functions, um, but just trial and error when you first get to a scene, tweak your color temperature. Um, there are, of course, you can do a, a customer preset white balance and then go in and tweak 
on the calibration grid to go more red, more blue, more green, more magenta, and refine that color temperature so it's be better right out of the camera. Does that make sense, Aaron? I'm pretty sure it does. There's definitely okay. some questions I was tackling in my brain, so I honestly missed enough to really confirm for you. But just everyone understand that the, the work of this is also talked about in another live stream that we had with Mary Beth Kaczynski. And I will go ahead, for those of you who are members of the Guild, I will share a portion where Mary Beth shows her white balance process for these kind of images. And I will post that video here, here this week. So if you're in the Guild already, awesome. Look for that to be posted here shortly in a few days. Okay, so so this image was captured up here in the Uinta Mountains in the summer, uh, late summer. Um, this is, I think, five images stacked, uh, just simply in sequator, non-tracked, um, and it produced this TIFF file. Uh, you can see, and like a lot of times, no matter if it's a modified or unmodified camera, the color may not be perfect for you. So I do some very basic edits initially Normally, I would um, duplicate this layer uh, a couple of times for foreground and sky editing uh, differently, but for the sake of time, I'll just j jump into the, the background layer here. So in camera raw, very simply, um, and this, this technique has been used and taught a lot for a long time, and I found that I really like it. I'll just crank up the vibrance and saturation all the way so you can really see these colors, and then you can tweak this to where you get a, I prefer to have the sky kind of a little more blue and the Milky Way warm. And then you can in, either increase or reduce the magentas and greens to where you get a middle road. And you can see right here, there's not much difference that I went from the original white balance hmm, as yeah. shot. So if you do that custom white balance, it usually gets you really close. And then you're doing small refinements here. Um, then I'll just bring these back down and it looks really washed out now because you had all that color visible, but you know, you can bring up your vibrance and then all your other basic edits are really the same as you would do with an unmodified camera. So, you know, um, and Aaron is, is a master at this stuff. Um, you don't want to be too heavy handed on things, but you know, play with your shadows, your whites. I tend to bring the whites down a little because you don't want to overblow your stars when you're stretching everything else, but you know, highlights, shadows, you can, that helps your foreground. Um, but really just basic editing, okay. um, you know, uh, techniques other, other than the color temperature, which you could use that same technique on an unmodified camera file as well. See, I want to emphasize that again for everybody so that you come in here thinking, Oh good. He's going to show us how we can finally edit with these Astro modified camera pictures because they're going to be tough he just said it's not that much different. So let's just emphasize the few differences or maybe the few adjustments that you do a little bit differently because it's astromata, just those few steps. Just say those again. So really just refining the temperature and the tint. And again, like I did before, I'll do it one more time. You crank up the saturation and vibrance sliders to really reveal that color. Um, this helps me especially because I am a little color deficit. I have, I, I oh. can't see colors as well as some people. So when I do that, it really pumps those colors up and then you can balance it. I say the word balance because, you know, you don't want, you know, like this where, where the Milky Way is mostly blue. Right. I try to get a good middle road where the Milky Way is more warm and the sky is cool. And then the same with the greens and magentas. So something in that range, and you can always come back and refine as well, but then you bring these sliders back down 
and you know you can you can increase to a, a more pleasing uh, result from there. <laughs> awesome. Isn't that terrific, everyone? When you think about the challenging learning curve to go into Astro Modified cameras, the only thing that you really have hit in your face is the big magenta color that you got to white balance off. And once you do, it's like you're working with any other Milky Way image and it's nothing crazy. You can do it already and you didn't even know it. Well, I'll show you on the next image, though. It, it, um, has more of that reddish cast. Ooh, awesome. Yeah, good example. So so this this image has that red magenta cast. I pulled this intentionally just to show you how this same process works really well. So again, camera raw or in Lightroom, uh, same thing basically. Um, and then just under the basics tab, crank up your vibrance and saturation all the way. You can see it's very red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're going to bring this slider down to cool it off. Looks like the Aurora we just had in Norway that was pink. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crying a little bit, Mary Beth. I saw that. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that on, on Facebook somewhere. So you're just going to balance this down a ways. And then the greens we're going to bring down a little more than normal to help reduce some of those magentas. Um, and then you'll see it gets it back to a pretty normal uh, color balance. And again, you could refine that better. Another technique I use a lot is uh, within the color mixer. This is a really powerful tool that I've learned to use over the last couple of years. Um, you can bring, so for instance, this darker color, your magentas and your blues, you can bring the luminance down on those to help increase contrast and bring the reds up or the oh. oranges, you know. And so there's a lot of that detail in here. And you can see that's a pretty poor image, really. But um, this was, this was during a, a workshop, so I wasn't babysitting my camera very well, gotcha. but so there's a, a lot of things you can do there. And then under the hue is a, you can attack that magenta and purple by forcing it to be more blue, uh, as well. So then you can see that's less magenta and, and you can refine that even better to, to get those colors where you want them to be. Man, I that is going to be the toughest part for some people because maybe they've never played with the HSL panel, but that's going to be right. a little blind moving of the sliders back and forth. Just know there's nothing you can do wrong. Just keep playing with it. See what it, see what changes what and see how you like it. So the hue and luminance typically you never went into saturation. I don't I don't use saturation. I I stay away from that as much as I can. I use vibrance. Okay. Seems to be less dramatic and, and you know uh, overpowering. Um, I, I also sometimes will go into the calibration tab and play with the reds and, you know, to mm. get that, if you bring up, you know, you can bring up the reds or the blues to change the overall balance of that. Um, those are relative, the, the calibration tab is relatively new. It's been around for a while, but most people don't ever touch it, but it's pretty powerful if you learn how to use it. What's your typical process for avoiding making and knocking back your nebulas from being pink anymore? Um, a lot of it is that color mixer, you know, I'll go in and, and bring the reds up more red. So they're not as pink, uh, or I can do a color, a selection, a selective color mm. layer and just bring up the reds or create, change the hue and in, in that selective color, uh, a lot of it too, with your background, if it's retaining too much magenta, then you can do a dark selection and feather it nicely and then go in and knock it down hard more selectively that way. Okay. Awesome. And those, those are all tools that are good for even an unmodified camera. Um, but you know, it's a little more useful when you have any kind of color problems. So is there really 
anything that you have now learned after years of editing Astro Modified images that you can point to and say, I wish I knew this at the very beginning? You know, um, well, maybe a couple of things. You know, first of all, a good custom white balance helps a lot. Two, there are really like 10 or 15 basic tools in Photoshop that you just have to learn well. Um, don't use the presets. They can they can get you to a basis point, but you still need to know those tools. You know, as, as I'm sure you would agree, you know, there's yeah. these basic um, adjustment tools in Camera Raw that will do 90% of the work for you. And then after that, it's just little refinements here and there, you know, reducing noise or balancing the foreground with the sky so that they blend well. And, you know, th those can all be very technical, but 90% of your work can be done right here in Lightroom or in a quick layer of the sky versus the foreground and edit those a little differently and, and you're there. Awesome. I, I just hope that everyone's getting the understanding that, holy crap, this is not going to be a giant learning curve for me to do this. If you were on the fence about going to Spencer's cameras and getting an actual Astro Mod this year, and you're thinking, I need to get better at this or better at that, you've just heard that if you can take a Milky Way image and edit it, you're already there. You just have to tackle it and tweak a little differently. You don't have to learn a new program. He never brought up PixInsight that is required. I mean, have you ever edited in PixInsight? Oh, I've done a lot of that, but um, I'm... I'm a Photoshop guy. Yeah. You know, I started learning that 20 years ago and uh, I dove in hard probably six or seven years ago and bought a ton of, uh, you know, tutorial video classes and really dove in hard. And, but I will tell you, like I said, 90% of the work can be done with 10 or 15 basic tools. And that gets you, you know, to a really good point. And then after that, then it's really tight details that you just have to learn each tool separately. Okay, right on. Going over to the eclipse right now. Oh, that looks that looks fake. It looks so awesome. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> That's with a Canon R6 Visible Plus H Alpha filter um, of the lunar eclipse uh, just the other day. So it's incredible. Really? There's a, a there's a lot of editing in that. It, like I, like you said, it almost looks fake, but you can see all of that data all that information that comes out of that camera um, to produce an incredible image to the point where it basically looks fake. Um, <sighs> That's incredible. I mean, you get the lunar moon right there. That's the orb that we're looking at right, right there. there. And uh, the color of the stars. We've talked about with Jeroen out in the Netherlands, we talked about keeping our star color and just the astro modification bringing out the oranges of Rigel, the blue, actually the blue of Rigel, the orange of Betelgeuse, and it's just the color of the other stars around it. It's almost as if you've been colorblind and now you can see. Yeah, the really impressive thing about this image is all of this dust in, in the galaxy that's <laughs> just woven around here. And yeah. then there's the witch head and, you know, there's just a lot of data in that image. <laughs> Why did you have to go and make the best lunar image to make all of us feel like ours might not look as cool? Yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> oh, this isn't I'd yours? I'd love to take credit, but oh. it's not mine. No, this is a good client of mine. Uh, Astro Falls, Bray Falls is his name. His, his handle is Astro Falls on Instagram. Okay. He's, you know, 
500,000 followers, he's pretty well known. So oh, that guy has nothing. I got 20,000 followers. Well, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> so then when you look at this, he's using your gear and astronautification from Spencer's cameras and uh, couldn't have a better mascot showing off the business here. That's fantastic. It's just so much more busy than I expected it to be too. I love it. Oh man. There's just no boring part of the night sky is there. As we're learning right. with the, the James Webb, man. Oh, gosh. Okay. So we are now looking at two minutes till. I'm going to try and find Grant's final question, but this is everyone's last chance to tackle what we might have for a final question. I know that there was one from Chris I needed to come back to. Okay. Chris says, what is needed to use a visible plus HA for everyday? I, actually, did I ask that about daylight photos? I may have asked uh, that. I think so. Yeah, the UVIR blocking filter. Okay, will and then that. Rakesh's question about the difference in the full spectrum and such. Okay, cool. So I'm scrolling up to find grants. I wish I could search these more. So thank you so much, Clarence, for coming out and doing this. I mean, everyone should know that I asked him yesterday. He was so generous to just get last-minute request and join us tonight. And so mad props to you. As we were talking about earlier, Tim was like, hey, everybody, let's put... No, it was actually it was a Frank or Paul. It was Frank... No, I'm, I'm mixing names up. It was Frank. It was Frank Pally. Okay, so he was saying, hit the like button. Say thanks to Clarence by hitting the like button. But also, more importantly, go over to Spencer's Camera and Photo and hit the subscribe button on their YouTube channel. Join me in following them, and let's help that channel grow, and we can get a lot of good Astro Mod tip, tips and information from him. Uh, Grant, I am having a hard time finding your question other than the comments about the audio being gone. So I'm going to keep scrolling here. My final question for you will be, is there anything in the Astro Modified tech that's coming, that is potentially coming, that we have to look forward to in the future of our photography? Well, for Milky Way shooters and stuff, the, the newest thing, and we're refining it a little bit are some different filtering uh, that will help uh, increase the overall end result for a higher quality image um, our, and we have new filters coming that will help with um, reflections on the sensor and uh, hot spots with infrared lenses and things like that but it's all very subtle really high tech te technical uh, you know based uh, stuff that that would bore the heck out of you all but <laughs> uh, just know that the end result is we're constantly increasing quality of the end result image so that it's the best it can be. Oh, man. Uh, what a brilliant space that he has out there in Alpine, Utah, and then going in and working with the room that he has that, uh, what do you call it, a clean room that clean is room, brilliantly right. organized for it. Uh, it's fantastic. Now, Grant, I have gone to the very top of the chat and you and saying 36 degrees this morning. It's been very cold in Oregon and Bandon, but I don't find your question. I think there may be a chance, Grant, that it's done this before with other, other viewers where a question just does not show up on my end, and it's very rare, um, and I've only heard of it happening with Keith, but let's see if it can be fixed for you, Grant. If you can copy and paste that again, that'd be awesome. And who knows, maybe in the comment you're copying and pasting and YouTube is just blocking it. I mean, you didn't declare any religious affiliation or political affiliation, I hope, in the question. <laughs> so here's a few thanks to you. From Dave, thanks Clarence and Aaron for putting the stream together. Tim Farmer says, EFRF drop-in, do you have color and soft issues for that EFRF drop-in? None. None? None. They are very, that was, that took 
almost a year and a half to perfect before we pushed it out ah. so that all of your corners are sharp, colors are perfect. It's There's a lot of work and, and testing involved in that. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Tim says, I have 10 followers. So you can find Tim Farmer over on YouTube. <laughs> Let's get him up to 100 by the end of the week. Um, Holy Moly from Frank Pally. Shelby Diamond Star, which of course is Mary Beth, says, thanks, Clarence and Aaron. Utah for the win or F the world. I think both are fitting. Um, Tim Farmer, are you... Oh, that's actually not directed to us. Um, thanks from Ron. Thanks from Tim Farmer. Thanks from Rakesh. He says, this was really helpful, Clarence. Bob Burkowski says, thank you, Clarence and Aaron to infinity and beyond and to the winter milky way we go absolutely um ah, da, 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 jerry woodruff jerry thompson and chris woodruff both say thank you clarence and cheers to you all from frank pally loved it aaron thanks and frank pally photography he probably has a youtube channel too go follow him click on his name you can go follow him and tim farmer and tim says i'm out to photo the moon later and thanks what's the moon you go take pictures of the moon I never take pictures of the moon. The moon gets in the way of my photography. Um, I wish Sony and and Nikon offered that drop-in stuff, Mary Beth says. She wishes Sony would do that. That's that's too bad. Rakesh says, is there a way to use the filter without modification and get similar results? Um, Unfortunately, no. The camera is blind to uh, to, to H-alpha until it's modified. So you can put whatever filter you want on there and it still won't see it. Ah, darn. Okay. So Rakesh, we do have to go through Spencer's cameras to get our camera set up. Uh, I can't wait to do it. If someone were to buy a new camera dedic- or new or used dedicated to an Astro Mod, what's your like beach babe of a camera that you want to modify the most? It's like works so, easy, always works. It's fantastic quality. Yeah. I mean, any, any of the Nikon Z series cameras, the Sony a7 III, a7 IV, they're phenomenal. Um, and the Canon R-Series cameras. You can't go wrong with any of those. Okay, sweet. So if any of you heard that, that's your list of what you need to go get and grab, or if you already have, make sure you get over to Clarence. Thank you so much, Clarence. Thank you, everybody. We're off for the night. I appreciate everything that you guys have done coming out to the Milky Way Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday at... um, Let's see. We'll be. Ne- oh, I want to change this clip. Let me change this real quick. We'll be back here next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And Clarence, where are you going next to capture some images? Do you have a chance to do that soon? Just um, do the lunar eclipse. A, a lot of testing right here in the backyard. A lot of telescope filter tests and things, deep sky shooting. I do want to get out probably next weekend and, and when the clouds are gone someday and get, get <laughs> yeah. Milky Way and get, sorry, get Orion a lot. I have a lot of tests I need to do on the Orion region entirely. Absolutely. Sweet. Thank you again. Have a great night, Clarence. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks, we'll everybody. see you all next week. Welcome back. Okay, I hope you enjoyed listening to Clarence and I talk about these Q&A tips, a lot of great tips, a lot of easy stuff. And I know that there's a lot that you'll have to learn by being at your camera with one in your hands, and then you find out what else is missing. But the great news is, is that so much of this is really just exactly what you've been doing with a slight color change. That's honestly the biggest part of it. And so there's some great answers and great questions. There's some really terrific questions that came from the audience that helps us, you know, understand what it would be like for us to go and do it and to go through cameras, spencerscameras.com and get expensive. Such a tongue twister. Go through Clarence Spencer, who has spencerscameras.com, and get an Astro Modified camera. 
<laughs> so many cameras said in that sentence, that it is worth it, and you should definitely do it if you have the money to buy a new one or if you have a camera that is just a perfect match. Go to the website and do it. I'm excited for the Winter Milky Way because of that camera, and if I didn't have it, honestly, I would not be excited. I would just be like, hmm. It's not bad, but I'll wait until the summer because I'm a bit of an elitist and a whiny baby. So thanks for ha- hanging out with me in another episode of the Milky-, blah, 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 blah. Milky Way podcast. I need to do one of those. Thanks for hanging out with me on the Photog Adventures podcast. It's been another great week. I hope that you had a good one. With the Milky Way gone, I've been doing less photography to zero. Zero minutes of photography the last week. I hope that you had some, though, if you had a chance and get out there. I'm excited for what the winter is going to bring, and I'm excited to use a camera from Clarence and actually make this look awesome. It it is just going to be a lot of fun to see what we can pull off looking to the west and seeing a Milky Way panorama. So awesome. Hopefully next week we'll be about Faroe Islands. If it's not, I got another episode for you in the books. We'll be able to talk about some photography and maybe share some photography adventure stories. So thanks for hanging out. Get out there and have an adventure of your own, and I'll see you next week on Monday. Booyah.